Welcome to Success in Medicine. I'm Dr. Samir Desai, and I'm here with my partner, Dr. Rajani Kata. Today, we're going to continue our conversation on how to match into a competitive specialty or program using some very specific strategies. In part one of our conversation, we introduced this concept and discussed a very important strategy. And today we are going to present some additional strategies. But before we do that, I want to ask uh, Rajani, can you recap the strategy that we went into great depth in in part one? Uh, certainly. So one of the most important strategies uh, that I talk about if you're trying to apply to a competitive program is that of developing a strong connection to a program's faculty members. So if you think about it, there's a reason why your home program historically has been your best chance for matching. It's because you have direct interactions with faculty members in the program. And because you have those direct interactions, those faculty members have come to know multiple, uh, you know, multiple of your traits. You, they get to know your work ethic, your interpersonal communication skills, and when it comes time to choosing residents, programs are naturally going to gravitate towards a student who is considered a known commodity over a student who, let's say, they've only met for one day during an interview. Sort of going into it, then you have that built-in advantage. But even if you're not at your home program, or even if you're not doing a one-month away rotation, there are ways to develop those touch points with a program's faculty members. And so that's one of those important strategies that I talk about. So for our listeners, if you are interested in a deeper dive into this first strategy, please uh, join us in part one, so where you can get more of that information. Now let's focus on another strategy, which is a personal recommendation from a faculty advocate. Yes, this strategy has really been critical for several of the applicants with whom I've worked who are not as strong traditionally in terms of grades and scores. And the way that they have successfully matched is that they've developed a close relationship with a faculty member who has then been willing to go out and advocate on their behalf. So let's talk a little bit about faculty advocate. Can you define for our listeners what that term means? Oh, certainly. This is a concept that's been talked a lot about in the business world. So you might have advisors or mentors who are great about giving you really important advice and important recommendations. But beyond that, some of your advisors may become advocates. And in this case, they've gotten to know you so well that they're not just giving you advice. They're actually advocating on your behalf to decision makers. So, for example, I was on the residency selection committee for dermatology for a very long time. And during that time, over the years, I received a number of emails from faculty members at other programs. So these were faculty members who I had gotten to know because of my specialty in contact dermatitis and my work on national organizations. So I developed relationships with a number of faculty members across the country. Some of those colleagues would email me to ask if my program could consider taking a second look at a particular applicant that they knew very well. And in many cases, because of these strong advocating emails, our program would indeed take a second look at these applicants. 
Essentially, these applicants were getting such a strong recommendation from a faculty member who we knew and trusted that we considered it worthwhile to go ahead and take a second look at that application. Now, obviously, this strategy only works if the faculty advocate knows you very well. And in most cases, this is because they've worked with you not only in a clinical context, but also because they've worked with you on research papers and publications. In some cases, you know, these advocates are reaching out because the student has worked with them for a year as a research fellow. So they really have very in-depth personal knowledge of that applicant. So that strategy doesn't work if you've just done a few case reports with a faculty member. But if you've spent a year working with a faculty member and that faculty advocate now sends out emails talking about your great qualities, it often means that a program is willing to take a second look at your application. So, Regine, I have to ask a very important follow-up question here. How can you find a faculty advocate? Well, obviously, this is a strategy that needs a lot of advanced preparation. This is not something you can just institute at the last minute. But I would start by really speaking to current and former medical students and residents in your target specialty. So if I were interested in going into dermatology and I was a third year medical student, I would start speaking to the upperclassmen and the dermatology residents. And I would ask if they had any recommendations on faculty members who, you know, number one, have research projects available and number two, were known to be advocates for their students. I found that at every medical school and at every program, there are certain faculty members who are known to work closely with medical students and who are known to be great advocates. So it's important to really ask your contacts. And then once you identified people who are known as strong faculty advocates to try to find opportunities to work with them. That's a topic we've covered in a different podcast episode, specifically the podcast episode on finding research projects. But in general, working on research project with a faculty member is one of the best ways to get to know them on a deeper basis. That kind of working relationship is the kind that gives them a lot of evidence. uh, And that's the kind of evidence that they use when they're writing your letter of recommendation and then hopefully when they're advocating on your behalf. Let's talk about that third strategy now. You've talked about creating a compelling ARIS application and personal statement that focuses on fit. So tell us more about that. Whenever you're crafting your application materials, it's really important to think about intersections. The intersection of what the program seeks and what you offer is incredibly important. So in other words, what are your own strengths, interests, and goals? And how does that align with the program's strengths, interests, and goals. I think a lot of applicants sometimes forget that programs have their own strengths and missions. But if you start reading over their websites or start talking to people in the know, like current residents, you can start to see these take form. Oh, absolutely. So, for example, some programs are really interested in producing researchers, while other programs are interested in healthcare disparities, or serving an underserved population. Some programs might be interested in producing clinician educators. I also want to mention that some programs, many programs, have particular strengths in a specific clinical area, such as, let's say, a multidisciplinary multiple sclerosis clinic. 
This is where a deep dive into a specific targeted program can teach you a lot more about what the program is all about. And then once you've done that deep dive into the program, you can start taking a closer look at your own ERAS application and personal statement. And you can start to really think about where your mission might align with the program's mission. And you can start to think about how you can communicate that in your application materials. The bottom line is that you want to make them want to meet you. That's such good advice. And uh, I want to ask you, how would you take that knowledge and apply it to your heiress and personal statement? Well, I would say that as you're thinking about your personal statement, you might think about highlighting some of your specific research interests or your advocacy work or your work in healthcare disparities, you know, your work in these areas that might be similar to those at the specific program. So for example, some of my students have had an experience in their past where they've worked in rural healthcare. And now they see that this program has an interest in reducing healthcare disparities specifically for rural populations. So this is where you can bring in one of those experiences and talk about that in your personal statement. And there are lots of other examples. So for interest, for example, you might talk about your interest in emerging technologies that might be of interest to this particular radiology program. Those are just some examples. There are many more that you can highlight. Those are three great strategies. So number one, developing a strong connection to a program's faculty members or program director. Number two, working with and developing a strong relationship with a faculty advocate. Number three, crafting a compelling ERAS application and personal statement that focuses on your fit with your specific targeted program. That's exactly right. I mean, certainly the foundation of matching into a competitive specialty or program is going to be strong clinical grades and scores. That's definitely enough for most programs. If you have solid grades and scores and nothing else that's concerning on your application, that's usually enough to get you past a filter. Beyond that, however, if you're applying to a competitive program or if you have concerns about your grades and scores, you really need to start thinking about people and projects because at the end of the day, it's a specific person who is looking over your application materials. To our listeners, we hope you have found this information helpful. This is a topic that we delve into deeper in our book, The Successful Match, as well as on our website, thesuccessfulmatch.com. We have a lot more information there on how to complete your ARAS application and your personal statement. I'll also mention that if you have questions or topics you'd like to see us explore in future episodes, please let us know. You can contact us via our website or leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. We read every single one and so appreciate your feedback. We hope you have a wonderful week. I'm Dr. Samir Desai, here with Dr. Rajani Kata on the Success in Medicine podcast. 